All right. So I have been getting a lot of requests about how and why I started the Orange County Women's Conference. I probably get, I don't know, three or four messages after every conference of people who want to sit down and talk about what it looked like to start the conference here in Orange County. And so I just thought, you know what, I'm going to create a space where I can share about what that looked like and the ins and the outs. I think a lot of times people assume that it was this master plan of mine and I had it all figured out and I knew or know what I'm doing. And let me tell y'all, that is not the case. Um, I've shared this vision with a lot of my leaders and anyone who volunteers at the Orange County Women's Conference every year. But, you know, I was just starting a church um, right when the Lord asked me to have a women's conference. And what that looked like was really, I was in my car without children. Now, y'all parents know what I'm talking about, right? It's that really quiet drive where you're like, I can hear from the Lord. It's quiet. (laughs) Nobody's screaming. No one needs water or their shoes or a snack. It's glorious. Um, But I was driving into my neighborhood and it was a really, really busy time for us. And I just, I felt this very small, stirring voice say, host a women's conference. And it was, you know, it was in my voice. It sounded, it was in my head. It sounded like me. Except, let me just tell y'all something. I would have never, ever, 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 ever thought that I would start a women's conference. I didn't grow up in the church and I didn't go to any women's events. Um, and when I got saved and I ended up going to church, the women's events that were held were kind of lame, to be super honest. So when I heard, you know, start a women's conference, I thought, no way. And I just, I moved on with my life. I didn't give it any more thought. <laughs> I didn't pray about it. I didn't get all spiritual. Um, I was, honestly, I was disobedient because I was like, no. And then he asked me again. And this time I was in the car again. I tell you what, is my holy sacred place. But I was in the car again. And he said, you know, he he spoke, he spoke differently in, in my language. So the first time it was, will you start a women's conference or start a women's conference? And then the second time he said to me, the next move of me will be led by women, not in the absence of men. Will you put on a women's conference? And for whatever reason, that one struck me differently. He had caught my attention in a way that I knew, wait a second, the next revival will be led by women. Hold on. What does that mean? And I knew it wasn't a feminist movement. I knew it wasn't a a women empowerment movement. Um, I I knew it was going to be geared towards the fullness of who Jesus has created us to be, both male and female. And so um, he was speaking my language when he said two things. One, he said, the next move of me, the next revival. And then the second part was, but not in the absence of men. And so I, I just went home and I thought, gosh, how in the world, like, how do I start a women's conference? What does that even look like? I, I'm not super administrative, but 
what does that look like, God? And I just began to process. And to be really honest with y'all, um, it was messy. Like I, I didn't have an agenda. I didn't have a plan. I just thought, well, you know what? If I'm going to have a women's conference, I should probably gather women leaders because I'm not going to be the face of this. This, this feels like this is a women's conference, not a Nicole Lynn Rowan kind of thing. And so, I knew from the get-go that I wanted to have, you know, women leaders that were in my life, that were around me, even women that I hadn't met yet, to come alongside and actually use their gift for the sake of the kingdom. And so um, a big heart of mine is to empower women around me and to, you know, give them a voice and give them a platform. And so I just, I just began to dream with God. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to have a well-known speaker because I think that's what you need to draw in people, right? And then, you know, I want to be able to elevate a local woman. I want to be able to put a local woman who may not be known super well, I want to put her on a platform and I want to give her a voice for people to know how amazing that person is. So the first year I'm processing with the Lord and I'm like, okay, God, who am I going to have speak? And I hear him say, they're not going to be known for speaking. I'm like, oh, well, crap. They're not going to be known for speaking. Oh, this conference is already horrible. (laughs) Like, what do you mean they're not going to be known for speaking? Like, it's a speaking position. It's, I'm I'm looking for a speaker. What, What? And I sat on it and I sat on it and it probably was, I don't know, six months, four months before the conference. And Stephanie Gretzinger got put in my spirit. And then there was, you know, a reach out and, and I didn't know if it was going to work out, but it made so much sense because she, she's not, she wasn't known as a speaker then. She's known as a worship leader, as a, as a musical artist. And so I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this makes so much sense. So she ended up being our, our first year speaker and the conference sold out within two weeks. I mean, we had, you know, 500 women within two weeks. And that was all that the venue at that time could, could hold. And so I just gathered women in my living room for, I don't know, a couple months leading up to the conference. And we prayed and we worshiped together. and We got to know one another. We prophesied over each other. And I taught a prophetic class so that all of my leaders and all of the volunteers would know that we have the ability to hear from God and to prophesy and the power to move in the prophetic. And my job in all of it was equipping. I wanted to equip leaders around me. And honestly, most of these leaders are older than me. Like they could be my mom, but I saw the gift on their life. I saw uh, the 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 gift for them to pour into other women, and I knew I had to to pour into them. I had to empower them to run as fast as they could towards what God was doing. And so that's what I did. I mean, it was it was super simple. Um, we had one meeting a month, and then you know the second year we got better, and then this past year we got major upgrades, um, both administratively with uh, an assistant I had hired and a coordinator, and just having some things in place. You know, structure that you end up needing. You do need structure in in these types of environments because there are so many people coming together. But the biggest piece was I wanted to unify churches. I wanted to have an Orange County Women's Conference. I wanted to have a, a multi a multi church 
event where it wasn't just one person. It wasn't just one church. It wasn't just one ministry putting it on, but where it was truly a unified group of women who may have different beliefs on certain things, but the essentials are the same, who came together and who said, we want to glorify Jesus We want to glorify Jesus more than our names. We want to glorify Jesus more than our ministries. We want to glorify Jesus above all. We want his presence to be made known. And that was that was the thing that I would preach over and over. We're not after perfection of a conference. We're after the presence of God. And the ways in which that I would, you know, pour into my leaders and teach them that is the last meeting that we have before the conference. I say to them every time I say, listen, if the joy of the Lord is not present, because you are running the registration table, or you are on the welcome team, or you are, you know, overseeing the market. If the joy of the Lord is not present, if you get stressed out, if you are worried about this or that, I want you to just walk away. And I want you to carry the joy of the Lord. And I want you to be focused on the presence of God, because all that other stuff it doesn't matter. It truly doesn't matter. I'm not trying to build something where confetti falls from the sky. There are balloon arches. If that happens at some point, because somebody's like, hey, this is my creative gifting. And I want to, you know, involve this into the conference, then more power to you. Like bring it on. But but my heart is stewarding the presence of God and empowering the women in our community to rise up and be unified and go after Jesus, the name of Jesus with their brothers and sisters. And I say brothers and sisters because we've had a lot of men who will come and join our security team, um, our setup team and they are amazing. They really come to serve us because, you know, they, they allow us to not miss any of the sessions and, and all that good stuff. And it's been really cool to even see how they've been impacted by being at a women's conference. <laughs> it's really fun to watch their faces when different women get up and start preaching and talking about their um, female things. That's really fun. Um, but I would say if you're looking to start a conference, if you're looking to start something similar to the Orange County Women's Conference, if you've seen that, or if if you just feel like God has asked you to start something like this where you're gathering people, whether it be men or women, I would suggest, one, you have to get with the Lord. You have to pray and ask Him, God, what does this look like? I mean, it wasn't even on my radar, but then when when He put it on my radar, I was like, okay, how do I do this? Because I... Like, I have no idea. I don't have any experience. Like, I can put on a good kid birthday party, but that's like the level of my event planning. Um, I could run somebody's wedding, I think, but (laughs) it's probably just because I'm very opinionated. But my point is, you have to get with the Lord on the details and you have to figure out what is, what's important in this, you know, is, is aesthetics an important piece? Is the presence of God the important piece? Is preaching the word of God the important piece? Is it connection? Is it relationship? Like, what is it? And every year we've had a dash of something where we've just infused throughout the conference. So the first year was literally just geared towards the presence of God and going after miracles, signs, and wonders. And so we saw a lot of healings. We saw a lot of people um, come forward and 
asked for prayer. Um, we, we, yeah, it was incredible. And then the second year it was evangelism. So we sent everyone out during lunchtime and we had them evangelize to their waiters and waitresses and the people that they came in contact with. And we had powerful testimonies from that people getting saved while they were out grabbing lunch, um, and just sharing the gospel with their server. And then this past year, because we just had our third OCWC, and that was really just about the name of Jesus and truth. And so um, I just felt called to have some um, women who were running for political office, who were spirit-filled believers, come and share a little bit about what that looks like, and then for us to pray over them. And that was probably our most controversial, you know, little uh, infusion. <laughs> but the reality is I, I have to follow the word of the Lord and what he puts on my heart to do. And that just felt, I just felt that really strong from him. So every year we have a little bit of a, a dash of something new, but our primary goal is that people would come to know the fullness of Christ, which is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that people would have the opportunity to unify Unity is a big one and that people would be able to give their life to the Lord. They'd be able to hear the gospel and have a salvation opportunity at the conference. And so we do an altar call every single year. It's wild. I never thought at a women's conference that you think would be a, a, you know, a Christian conference that we would do a salvation call. But the Lord spoke to me in the middle of Starbucks, um, two years ago, he said, do a, do an altar call. And I said, Lord, it's a, it's a Christian conference. Why in the world would I do an altar call? And he just said, do an altar call. Okay. So I just followed the word and I think 62 or 67 women came forward. I, I, I cannot explain that. I do not know why. They, I, I don't know if they just weren't believers before or they just decided in that moment. I, it, it was the Lord, right? Like it was, it was Jesus that um, does all of that because I'm like, I'm not capable of knowing that there are 60 or however many women here who don't know the Lord. Like there's no way of, of capturing that information. Um, Unless I guess we ask them at registration, that could be kind of awkward. Like, are you saved? No. Well, here's your opportunity. Uh, <laughs> but that you know, that's kind of been our our goal moving forward. And I say our because I, I've built a team around me of just incredible, powerful ministers of the gospel and ladies leading ministries and businesses and schools and churches. And it's been um, such an honor to run alongside so many amazing women. I mean, I prayed for girlfriends for 10 years. Lord, just give me a girlfriend that's not scared of me and that, you know, is just as wild for you. Um, and he brought me just a slew of them. I mean, I just, the amount of women in Orange County, it's not even fair to the rest of the state because, or states, I should say, because California has so many incredible people. It's, it, it just blows my mind. So what God is doing here amongst women is just unreal and Again, to go back to my question of like, how how would you start? You have to pray. You have to make sure it's what the Lord has asked you to do. Because who knows, you can, you can start anything. You can do anything by the work of your own hands. But those who labor without the Lord labor in vain. And so you really have to 
ask the Lord, like, is this, is this what I'm supposed to spend my time on right now? It might not be your now. You might be doing that in five years, in 10 years. And let me tell you, you don't want to rush that process because it's going to be a lot easier. It's going to save your sanity if you just do it when he wants you to do it because he'll put grace on your life for it. Now, it doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. And I'll get to that in a second. It doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. Um, you're not going to, you know, not have to manage your time or whatever. But, but the reality is like God will give you grace for what he's asked you to do. And so I would get with him. I would ask him specifics. I would ask him, what's the heartbeat of this? What is the why behind it? What's my one thing? If you can't explain it in four words or three sentences, then it's probably too big. So, you know, we would say fullness of God, unity, salvation. That's like our top three things for the women's conference. Fullness of God, unity, salvation. And that's kind of what we stick to. And everything else comes secondary to those things. That Those three things will always be preached. It will always be present. And it will always be known. It's always on our website. It's always communicated at our, at our meetings. And it's always shared from the stage. There's going to always be a salvation call. There's going to be unity of the body. And there's going to be the fullness of God preached. And so you got to find out really basic wise and you don't have to come up with some fancy acronym you don't have to come up with something that rhymes or sounds pretty you can just be like jesus <laughs> that's the goal uh and then you just go from there you start to gather women one of the things i have found to be you know truly helpful successful and fun has been gathering you know, those that I want around. So for instance, it's a women's conference. I'm gathering women. For you, it might be different depending on what type of conference or event you're putting on. But I'm gathering women who I see I see the love of the Lord on. Like I see, I see that they carry something. I see that they have a gift mix or they need to be brought in. There are several people that I will bring into my meetings who I probably scare them a little bit or the women around me probably scare them a little bit, but I know that I know that God wants to bring them around really powerful, amazing women. And so I'll just invite people to meetings. And this is one of the things my assistant said to me was, you know, why, why do you have so many people at these meetings? And I said, well, here's, here's what happens. I invite people who want to be involved or who have been involved. They want to volunteer. They just want to be around. They want to help out, whatever. And then I invite people who I feel like the Lord is highlighting to come. It might be Sally that I just met at Starbucks. I don't know her from June, but I just, I feel like the Lord wants her around these women. So what happens is, you know, this Sally girl shows up or, or maybe it's someone that I know, but you know, maybe they're not, they're not walking with the Lord fully or they don't know what it looks like to walk in. In the, in the Holy Spirit or whatnot, I'll invite them and I'll let God just do his thing. And it's, it's amazing what I see happen. I mean, women get encountered at these meetings about volunteering at a conference. That's not until six months away. I mean, it's wild. Uh, but that's, that's what unity does. It brings people together and it shows them what's available. And so, you know, I'm like, I'm just giving them an opportunity to meet people, to have relationship and to get in the same room. There's something really powerful about getting in the same room together, worshiping with one another eating with one another, hanging out with one another, sharing our stories. And I always have everyone share their name, what church they're part of or, or workplace. And then something fun, like, I don't know, our, our prayer funniest one that I, I asked was, what's your favorite toothpaste? 
Never did I ever think people were so passionate about their toothpaste, but apparently they are. But my next, my recap email that went out after that, what it included the link to that toothpaste because it connected all these women and they're literally like, can you send us the link to that toothpaste? Now, who would have ever thought that? You know, it's just like the craziest stuff that God does in these meetings. So it's not, it's not super tight in who is in, invited. Um, I just keep it open for the Lord to decide and for him to lead me in that. And so, um, yeah, the, the meetings are a big piece before the conference. It's same, the same if you're planting a church or you're getting ready to launch a business. Like you want to make sure that your vision, and here's something else that I say. I say you can never overcast, you can never overshare your vision, but you can always undershare. You can never share your vision too much, but you might not share it enough. So, so if you, if you're leading something, if you're leading a group of people, an organization, a business, you want to always, always have the vision on the end of your tongue. I mean, almost to the point where it's like people could say it verbatim. And, and I would get to a point where I say, Hey, most of you already know this, but you know me and I have to share the vision. And the vision is, and I would keep it short. I didn't draw it out. I would just share two minutes, what the vision is, what our why is. And and then sometimes I would go into what we're not. So I would say things like, hey, if you're expecting this really large, you know, conference that you've seen in this city or that state, or you've heard about here, and, and they've got glitter falling from the sky, and they've got, you know, 18 different keynote speakers and, and this and that, I'd say that's not us. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going after the presence of God. I'm going after the fullness of God, unity, salvation, and my vision is, and I would share in two minutes. And then I would say, and if it's not for you, that's okay. But I invite you all in to experience something that, you know, we haven't seen or we're, we're, we don't experience all the time. And I've never had someone say, actually, you know what? I don't think I can jump on board because you're, you're not going to, you know, the aesthetics aren't going to be good enough or this or that. It's always been, I want this, I want this. And so I'm just really upfront because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want people to assume it's going to be a certain way, a certain something that they've seen before, if you will. Um, so I'm always upfront about that. And I always say, listen, I'm not in the details. This is why I hire people on my team because I don't operate that way. I'm after the presence of God, empowering women and putting on an event that actually gears us towards the kingdom of God. And so my vision will be spread out throughout the conference. But as far as details go, what goes in the swag bags, what color pins we get, I could care less. And so I empower people that really like to think about those things to actually operate in those giftings. And then this is, you know, one of the last parts that I'll share about putting together something like this is you really have to do a trial and error. You know, I, when I hired my, um, my conference coordinator, I told her, I said, listen, she would, she would come up with these ideas and she's brilliant. She'd come up with these ideas and I would say to her, I would say that really scares me because I don't know that it's going to work, but I trust you and I trust that you might know more than I do in this area. So let's give it a try. 
Now, there are were a few things that I thought, this is going to fail miserably. Like, this is going to fail. But I had to be able to back away as a leader and, and as a visionary and go, you know what? She might be smarter than me in this area. And the worst thing that could happen is that it just doesn't work that well. And so we just do it differently the next year. But we don't actually know what works the best until we try a couple different things. Um, and so I share that with you because as you empower people around you, um, powerful people are, are going to want to lead powerfully. The people that have giftings and talents and anointings, they're going to want to lead in their their lane, if you will. And so you have to be able to kind of be a hands-off leader and allow them to while still giving them vision around certain things. So there are some non-negotiables. There are some things that I'm just you know, we will just always do. And and everyone around me knows that. And so we're not compromising those things. But, you know, where we set up the registration tables, when we sell tickets. Um, okay, let's try it your way and see if it works. You know, hands, hands off leading. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of what else to share. There's so, so much. I would say as we close here, you know, when when the Lord puts these things on your heart, it isn't without sacrifice. It isn't without obstacles. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people see conference weekend. They see me conference weekend and my hair is done and my makeup's done and somebody has dressed me because apparently I don't know how to dress myself. So people take me shopping and want to dress me and it's amazing. I'm like, thank you, Father. It's a blessing. Because I don't, I, again, not an essential to me. And I've been pregnant two out of three of the years. So <laughs> I'm like, someone please show me what to wear with this big belly. <laughs> um, but there have been so many behind the scenes things that people don't see. They just see what's on the stage. They just see the final product. And um, I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions is because people say, oh my gosh, this was so amazing. You are just, you're, you're called to this. And you know, you just, this just works out so perfectly for you and you don't have any issues or problems or, and I'm thinking if you only knew, yes, the Lord called me to do this because I wouldn't have called myself to do this. But there has been some painful, difficult situations leading up to the conference, post-conference, that have to do with the call that God did put on my life for the conference. And, and you know, I, I don't want to diminish the call, but I also don't want to diminish the fact that you will face obstacles. You will face issues. You will face people who, no matter what you do or say, they're just against you. After the first year of the conference, I... I'm kind of weird, y'all. I love constructive criticism. Like, I am an Enneagram 8, very strong, very opinionated woman who loves Jesus and wears high heels. And I <laughs> I just love constructive criticism. I think if people in your life are not giving you constructive criticism or feedback, then you're not growing and you're not actually leading. That's just my personal opinion. And so I kind of geek out on people's opinions. It doesn't hurt me. I love it. Even if I disagree, they could say your conference sucked. It was horrible. And here's why. I'm actually going to take those reasons why and I'm going to think through how many people probably felt this way and how could we better the conference. I'm not going to get all you know, sad. Oh no, no one likes my conference. It's not about me. 
You got to take yourself out of it. It's not about you. It's about what God's called you to do. And so I, after the first year, I was sitting with the Lord and I had just finished writing this huge three-page survey with questions that I was going to send out to all of the volunteers and key leaders and church church um, uh, partners. And it was like down to the nitty gritty. What could we have done better? What was, you know, displeasing? What did you love the most? Like everything. And I'm sitting with the Lord and it's right before I'm, I'm getting ready to send the email. And the Lord says to me, um, <laughs> you know, in his very sweet, quiet voice, um, do not ask for the opinions of those who are not invested. And I'm like, wait a second. Don't ask for the opinions of those who are not invested. What, what does that mean? Those are not, of course they're invested. They came to the conference or they bought a ticket or they volunteered. Like, of course they're invested. And so I end up not sending that particular survey. And I began to see over the next couple of months that there were people who were not invested, who just wanted to tear down out of jealousy, um, out of painful places, out of hurt. And so um, I quickly learned, oh, not everyone around me is invested in the same way that I am. Not everyone around me is invested to see the things I want to see God do. And so I really had to reel in my um, my scope of who are those people that I'm actually going to ask for feedback from, that I'm actually going to have a debrief meeting with and invite, because not everybody gets to come to that. Because I don't need negative Nancy over here whining about how the coffee bar ran out of coffee. Get a grip, Nancy. Like, that's not why we're there. If you need coffee to get by a conference talking about the Lord, then you you need some other things, not, not my debrief meeting, right? Like, <laughs> so... That's the other thing I would share is, you know, be aware of those that are around you and entrust, like those that you are entrusting, like those that you are asking for their opinion, make sure that they understand the vision and that they are in a healthy place to be able to give you good feedback um, and, and to, to give you information that will actually help what you're doing not harm, not just give you negative feedback. And here's the thing. Everybody always assumes feedback is negative. No, feedback can look like, you know what? You guys did an incredible job for the very small team that you had. That's amazing. That's called feedback. You acknowledge we got a small team. We did a good job for what we had. Like that's feedback. It's not always negative. And if you ever get that person who the only type of feedback they give you is negative, you can say to them, hey, what's some positive feedback? I'd love to hear some positive feedback and start to actually train them in that way. The second year, I was praying and fasting the week before the conference, and um, there was just a traumatic event that happened with someone that I didn't actually know, but that I had gone and prayed for and, and a woman had lost her baby at seven months and uh, it just ripped me into pieces. I mean, it, it, I, <laughs> that's, that's probably for another podcast, but I was a mess. I mean, I just bawled my eyes out the week before the conference and uh, the morning of the conference, the second year, I didn't want to get out of bed. And my husband turned to me and he said, you're the one for this. You're the one for this job. And I'm like, oh gosh, okay. He's called me to it. Like my husband was calling me out, right? And then I'm on my way 
to um, conference weekend and I get a phone call that our keynote speaker is stuck in Africa and couldn't make it. And it was like I was punched in the gut and I felt like a liar. I felt like I don't even want to go to this conference because I've had this really sad, traumatic week. And now I have to you know, tell all these women that the keynote speaker isn't coming. And I was just a mess. I mean, I was on my face the whole weekend, just crying my eyes out. And not because of the keynote speaker, but because it just felt like everything was hard. You know, it just felt like, come on. And so um, that year was was super difficult. But God, boy, did he show up. He did some really radical things um, at the conference that second year. And, and someone came in place of that keynote speaker. And um, she just... Yeah, she rocked the socks off of, of a lot of women. And then this past year, the third year, was um, really radical. There there were just a lot of um, life situations and things happening with my family and um, with our ministry. And, um, you know, I, the, my husband had to remind me, like, he's called you to this, Nicole. He's called you to do, to do this. And I'm like, you're right. You're right, honey. <laughs> the strength behind the women's conference is my husband. Um, but you know, again, having those people in your life that are going to remind you who you are and why God's called you and, you know, get your, get your butt out of bed and move on with your life. Like he's, he's going to do it. It's not on you. And one of the things that I had always said is, you know, we don't gather around a person, but the person of Jesus Christ. And so, wow, did he make that real the second year when I had to get on stage and tell, you know, 900 women, we don't gather around a person, but the person of Jesus Christ, by the way, the keynote speaker's not coming ouch, (laughs) you know, but it was truly training people in the ways of the Lord to say like, our focus is actually Jesus. And if we just worship the entire time, like that's our focus. That's why we're here is for him and for his kingdom and unifying his body and giving people an opportunity to come to know him. So, you know, having events like this and doing things like this doesn't come without obstacles. I know I'm like 32 minutes in. So I'm going to jump off here, but, but just know if God's called you to do it, he will make it happen. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy and it doesn't mean it's not going to come without difficult people. Um, but you don't have to run with difficult people. You don't have to, you can choose to, but you don't have to. And, and don't be afraid of saying, you know what? I don't think this is a good fit for you. Or, you know what? I don't think this role is the best for you. Or just not responding back to their messages or to their issues that they have in their life while you're trying to build something. Because you will have obstacles. I mean, you read the book of Nehemiah. Good Lord, obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. But he always goes back to, okay, let's get with God and see what he says about this. Let's pray. Let's gather together. Let's put our weapons on and gather. And so that's what I would encourage you to do. Um, Gather people, start to build relationships, be authentic, be real with what you're good at and what you're not good at and run with people who are like-minded or that, you know, that God highlights to you and um, he'll bless it. So if you have any other questions, feel free to email. You can see all of my details below the podcast or at the end. Um, you can also connect with me on social media. I would love to, to connect with you and share any more details I can.